Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker podcast for Thursday, June 8th, 2017, otherwise known as Best Friends Day. Aww, bunch <laughs> like, of homies. I gotta tell you guys, you know, on today of all days, there's really nobody I'd rather hang out with than a couple of casual acquaintances who I've never met in person. Actually, one of my next projects <laughs> is going to be friendship exactly. bracelets for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's good timing. Oh, man. Actually, you know what? Though? I, I was actually thinking about that when I saw that. And even though we have never met in person, I mean, how many friends do you have that you actually talk to for like two hours a week that you set aside? Very right. <laughs> yeah. I don't schedule <laughs> as much conversation with anybody else. So, uh, I actually probably do talk to you guys more. Yeah. Or at least routinely. It's right. always organic. Yep. This is a little less organic. But that, that, is a, that is a happier, a happier day. To yes. Yeah. Trying it, to keep it positive. I'm, yeah. No more somber days of the month or well, days hey, of the whatever it's called. I don't. I don't control what the holidays are. Yeah, I just read real. them. <laughs> anyway, I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me is always Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. What's up, everybody? And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hi. All right. Hi. <laughs> so, what are you guys? Uh, what are you guys working on? Who wants to go first? I'll go, because right. I've been working all day on these Dangaga pits, and I am sunburned. <laughs> Look at this. I know you guys can see this yeah, in, yeah. My, in my monitor. Holy cow. But it's been a long day. Back, in, back whenever I was a youth, I used to mow lawns, like commercial like lawns. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is how I used to feel every day, and I'm so glad I'm not doing it anymore. But yeah, the Gaga pits are cool. The video for that should be coming out sometime. I don't know. I'm not going to put a schedule on it, because... You know, when I put a schedule on things, I tend to not even live up to it, at least what I say on the podcast. So look for that video at some time in the future and check it out. So you've, a lot of fun. Uh, you've started welding then? Yeah. And, and? guess what? what? Not that hard. Really. Well, not to disrespect anybody that's <laughs> welding because my welds are ugly as fudge. I will tell you that right now. I spent more time grinding than I ever did welding. <laughs> But they came out looking really good, and there's a huge progression between my first weld and my last weld. I really nice. wish I took a snapshot of each of them before I uh, started grinding them all down. In hindsight, that would have been the perfect thing to do, but, you know, live and learn. That's yeah. actually, like, a good-sized project to start welding on because there's actually, like, a lot of them. Where if you had tried on, like, a yep. small furniture project, you'd only get a few, and by the time you got good at it, you'd be done. I know. And another thing that's happened is my camera broke. I, uh, oh, no. I had the idea that a compact bodied camera would be the best thing in the world. I could do all this kind of stuff. It would be easy to, I don't know, move around the shop because yeah. I, I don't even know why that would be important. Cameras aren't heavy. But I bought one. And you guys know how the lens on compact like point and shoots, when you turn them on, the lens like pops yeah. out of the body? Yeah. Well, Telescopes. That's I did the same not, thing. Tripod No. Uh-uh. It just got jammed. I guess it's because I'm oh. always spraying sawdust at it, oh. and it just—I don't know. I guess it just got jammed and it can't come out anymore. So it's in the camera shop, and I'm using my old camera. Okay. Cool. And this would have been the perfect time to use that slow motion stuff that I was talking about that I can mm. do because it can yeah. shoot like a thousand frames per second, like stupid, stupid fast. And I could have been welding and throwing out sparks with the angle grinder and slow-mo. It would have looked so cool. Because I was doing all that at night, too. I just had a big, one of those big, like, halogen work work yeah. lights. Yeah. So that would have been the best, you know, aesthetics ever. Yeah. But Just get some stock footage and nobody will know the difference. For real. <laughs> it's like a shirtless black uh, Stuck dude. with 30 frames per minute. second. I couldn't even <laughs> rock the 25 frames a second. <laughs> 
but well, yeah, it, it's funny. Like I've I, I I broke my Sony little you know compact camera, the little mm-hmm. video camera, because uh, I had it on like a flimsy tripod. Yeah, and it just like the leg just slow. One of the three legs is slowly slid <laughs> in, and then like it <laughs> fell <laughs> over. Oh no! And, and the little viewing screen that was flipping out mm-hmm. just snapped off. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh. damn it! Like, uh, <laughs> and it's like it's broken. It still works. You can still see the screen, but it's just like all cracked. And it's so I, inconvenient. Yeah. And it's just like, it looks janky and I just hate it, but I still <laughs> use it because, yeah. so it's my spare one. Because actually like my, my big camera, my main camera is heavy, but it's not because the camera's so heavy. It's because the tripod, it doesn't work. The camera's too big for a small tripod. So I have yeah. like a big tripod and then lugging around a tripod is kind of a pain. I know that was my big, my big thing with getting that small camera was I thought I would bring it with me, whether I was picking up materials and stuff like that more often, which I do a little bit, but I guess I need to do that more. Another thing, though, I got a lot of free child labor putting these things together. I don't know if I got told you guys. <laughs> I'm I don't know if you these. should tell us that. <laughs> Running a sweatshop? <laughs> yeah. I'm donating these. Uh, I'm building two of them, and I'm oh, yeah, donating yeah. them to my local YMCA. Mm-hmm. Or I guess they're not local. They're kind of on the north side of town. I'm not on the north side, but... Uh, so I had a bunch of like 13 year olds helping me move everything around. I had no problems supervising and telling them what to do. <laughs> they know they're on YouTube. Uh, you know, I didn't put them. In, I didn't put okay. any of them really on. I, I uh, saved all those shots for. I got to go back on Friday and finish up the second one. I couldn't quite get them all done before all uh-huh. the kids had to go home, and I didn't want to do it without the kids just because you know. Why, Why do it yourself you when to. you can have a dozen kids do it for you, right? Yeah, it's the old saying. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of like a weird thing because I don't want to put the kids on YouTube because yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's yeah. going to be a weird thing. So I'm going to end up trying to, I don't know. I guess I'm going to try and get some kind of waiver that they can give their parents. I really don't know get, like, if they're on camera. shots where there's no yeah, I don't, nothing it's identifiable. Just, there's something. a couple parts where the kids are all kind of, or at least the workflow I'm using, the kids are kind of like holding the boards where they need to be while I'm drilling them in. That's yeah. really the only shot where it's kind of like, Ugh, how can I work around this to where I don't have a bunch of 12-year-old kids' faces in my videos? Blur but tool. Do I what? Know. I Blur know, tool. but then again, but then it's like, what? Is, it's weird. <laughs> What's to he wa- hiding? Yeah, it's <laughs> for It's real. like a unnecessary <laughs> censorship on Jimmy Kimmel. That's exactly what yeah. it is. It's like, why are all these kids' What's faces What's going on blurred? back there? Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm going to email the lady at the Y and say, hey, because she knows I'm filming all of it. So I'm I, and I, there's like three or four kids that have like a real work ethic and I like them. And then there's uh-huh. the other kids that are like, I only use them when I need to because they're going to goof off way more than I even want to deal with. So I don't know. I might just email that lady and say, hey, could you give these to the kids tomorrow so they can give them to their parents so that it's OK? Because I don't think there will be any issue with it, but I would just hate for it to be for it to be an issue. I don't yeah. expect it to, but Mike's gonna walk in. Hey, kids, want to be famous? I know. I know. <laughs> what were you doing all day? Oh, no, just filming some kids. <laughs> some guy asked me to be in the video. Yeah, for <laughs> candy. Yeah, exactly. I, I was at the YMCA today, and just some guy had a camera. He asked if I could film him or if he could film me. Like, I don't want I don't want kids going home and telling their parents that. So. I don't Good know. idea. Yeah. We'll a, figure it out. Either way. Yeah. Just get <laughs> those right. standard, download the standard waivers and yeah. get people to sign them. 
Exactly. So what are you guys doing? Enough with me. I just looked at the time and I've been talking for five, seven minutes straight. So yeah. someone take over. I, I have been working with Stone. Um, oh, yeah. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. So my friend uh, who is like a professional furniture designer uh, is visiting. Don't sell yourself short, man. You are a professional well, in that, a roundabout way. No, I, I guess so. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so we, uh, we'd always... We're like, what, what should we work on? Um, and so we went to a stone yard and we bought these two inch thick slabs, one foot wide, five feet long of blue stone, which is like a bluish gray sandstone. Yeah. And it's, they're used for outdoor stair treads and they have a really consistent grain and they're not like granite. They're not quite that hard. Um, and so each slab, one foot by five foot by two inches thick, was about ninety dollars. Oh, um, that's not too bad. No, it, it's not cheap, but it's not expensive. Right. And they're like all all the surfaces of them are pretty nice. So we got a few slabs of those, and we made a couple benches. And what was interesting is, at first I was like, okay, should I use like the angle grinder with a special blade? Should I use like a, get one of those big giant massive saws that they use for like cutting asphalt? Like oh, construction yeah. workers use. <laughs> yeah. And I was like poking around Home Depot and I saw, well, there's some diamond stone or masonry blades for a circular saw. So I just got a seven inch diamond blade. It was like a $30 blade. I put it on my $45 corded seven and a quarter inch, uh, uh, you know, Ryobi circular saw. Yeah. So I'm looking at a rig that's, you know, the, the blade is almost as much as the saw <laughs> and it cut it really easily. Like, uh, really? and it wasn't, it was dry. So we did it outside cause it, it made a ton of dust. Oh, um, so you didn't, you didn't pour any water at all on it. So I looked, I, I did a little research online and, you know, some people said to wet it, but the saw isn't really meant for, yeah, you know, wet, wet applications. And <laughs> I yeah. have a, uh, I have a tile saw, but it doesn't, ha it has a smaller blade. It has like a four inch blade. And so I was like, well, so I first tried it dry and it cut fine and it was windy, which was actually really nice because it just like moves all the dust. Like, just be upwind. <laughs> yeah. I wore a dust mask. Um, yeah. But it cut really easily. Like to, to cut through, to do a cross cut on the, across the whole 12 inches of two inch stone, it took maybe like, 90 seconds to go through oh nice yeah so it's like you're, you're still going really slow compared to you know wood but it's not like you're sitting there for hours yeah and i only had to make a few cuts and the cuts were really clean i didn't need to do any sanding dang so i were made freehanding them or using a straight edge or what uh straight edge clamp yeah. down but i made a bench that was all out of stone so it was about out of less than $200 worth of stone and it's going to be in the yard uh, of my house so it's all bluestone and I kind of notched it out kind of like woodworking uh, it's like there's four pieces of stone that all fit together yeah. and even without any construction adhesive or anything it was super solid no wiggles was kind of blown away with how fast the project was because there was no sanding needed it was just Ooh, cuts nice. a little bit of chiseling out and uh, assembling and no glue or anything I was like wait it's done. I, I was like expecting. It's like no cleanup. Right. I was. I was sort of expecting it to be okay. I'm tackling a new material. It's stone. It's going to be way harder to cut than wood. But it was slower to cut. But cutting, as we know with woodworking, isn't the long part. It's the setup, the gluing, the sanding, right. the finishing. 
and the stone's already finished on all the sides. So it's like, as soon as you're done cutting it, you slap it together and it's done. Um, So so, how does, how does that stone compare to other stones? Like, is it, is it a pretty soft material compared to average? Uh, it's, I guess... Like would that it, would like would your technique it's work the with aluminum other of stuff? Stone. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> that's the perfect analogy. Um, it's not quite like pumice or something like that. It's mm-hmm. uh, like you can't like scratch it with your your fingernail. It's yeah, yeah. I guess it's more similar to like concrete than stone. It's, it's similar to what it, when I've cut and ground uh, concrete. So that was really fun, and it was just cool because. There was a lot of just visual satisfaction from working with a new material and seeing something that's like that monumental. And because it's like stone, it feels more substantial, even though right. it wasn't harder to make. And for me, it was just, again, uh, another reminder why there's so much value, especially with what we do in experimenting versus repeating the same things over and over. So yeah. that led to, I was like, well, while I have all the, you know, the, the this blade on and stuff, I had a bunch of leftover slate tile from a planter project that I used and I made some like cheese board kind of platters, um, which I just posted on Instagram today. And that was super easy. That was like a 30 minute project. Just cut them into some cool geometric shapes, used the angle grinder with a flap disc to grind down the edges so they're rounded. And then I finished them with a, a cutting board conditioner and made these really nice looking things and then i actually spent more on uh staging them i went out and got a whole bunch of food to sort of you know <laughs> stage it and take nice photos yeah so sweet I, so, I realized how hard i realized how hard it is to be a food blogger when i was trying to take those photos and make really them. <laughs> when things have to look edible it's like a different yeah. level of color correction and all that oh okay so w- did doing that project spark like five more ideas to use that on yeah, yeah yeah so one i mean uh me and christian we were just talking about well like we, we were talking about like because you know he's he's really deep into furniture design and making and we were just talking about like the limitations that happen when you just after you do so many projects like you're saying like well you know you just see so many slab tables with cool metal legs and they're always they always look good like it's always tasteful and it always looks great but how many incarnations of it can we see? It's like it's like like microbreweries. Like a lot of them are really good, but it's like yeah. if one more person tells you about their weird oatmeal stouts, it's like, dude, shut up! Like, yeah, it's, it's like podcasts. Yeah, I know everyone has one. Uh, yeah. So, but what we were what we were thinking is that like how novel it was for us to work with something like stone in the furniture application, and it just yeah, it, it did spark a lot of things. We're like, okay. Uh, so the thing we were thinking about that's exciting is one, we're going to do some projects with stone slabs and the water jet at the Autodesk build space. Cause we're like, that'll be and, cool. And he, and he ended up making a slight variation of the bench that I made, but he used a combination of walnut and the bluestone. So we actually uh-huh. used a walnut sort of structural piece to, and cut holes in the bluestone. So the walnut sort of fits through it and, and they intertwine. It's, it looks, it's a really nice material combination, like the blue gray nice. stone with the, the brown walnut. So then we were thinking, okay, we could do that. And I was thinking about like, uh, in my architecture background, I'd always notice how whatever decking material we would spec, it would always like wear out, whether it be the really nice, you know, tropical hardwood like Ipe or composite, any wood decking you do eventually wears out. So I, I have always liked specking like pavers as a type of decking, but they often yeah. look like really commercial and kind of just 
it looked like a strip mall or something. But, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of like using the water jet to cut like a really cool pattern of tile for like pavers out of some sort of stone. Yeah, that was the nice. sort of the other idea that sparked. I dig it. When's the video for that? Uh, they'll be out this week. I might might try to slide a little sponsor into you know <laughs> make that yeah. make got to make that castle money. <laughs> for real, <laughs> you got any updates for the people on that? You're gonna keep it cl- um, quiet. I made an offer on a place in Western Massachusetts. It's about 20,000 square feet. And um, I think it's going to get accepted. But even if it gets accepted, then there's a due diligence process. Right. uh, Where I have to do like structural uh, surveys and stuff like that. And really just make sure that what I'm getting is what I think I'm getting. Right. Do you know like where in town it'll be? Is it kind of in in an industrial kind of part of town or what do you think it's in a it's in a small town about an hour and a half outside of mass or outside of boston um and i'm looking for a smaller town just because i i want like housing and stuff in that area to be cheap if like people come and stay and use the workshop yeah so if i got a massive workshop in downtown boston that's great but then anyone that comes to that wants to stay in that area to like work there is going to be like oh wait Rent here is like three thousand dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, plus what uh, you're talking about, just like distractions. Yeah, that come with the city. So, yeah, so, I like your idea. It's very cool. It's moving forward, um, and uh, we'll see. But it'll it'll unfold slowly at this point. There won't be a lot of updates until like you know, the next in about two months you'll hear whether or not it happened. <laughs> okay, sweet, Chris. You just put out yeah. a video today, Tuesday. I did not I did. today. So today that people are two listening. days ago. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Um. Thank you. I that could was use a good that thumbs little, up. That was a good little switch up to the design. Let's talk about design series. Yeah, so a few things going on. So I, I'm glad that you guys both went first because I, I wanted to save the best for last here. So <laughs> I know you guys are already you guys are already sitting down, but and I know a lot of people like to listen to this while they're driving. So if you're driving right now, you should probably pull over. For, for your own safety. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want any liability here. Uh, this past weekend, I painted a wall white. Oh, <laughs> it was a good time. Actually, it was kind of for you. I, was, I actually did that a long time ago, so I think you're copying me. Well, this <laughs> was more of a the light fir- gray in fairness. You were the first person to paint a wall white. <laughs> this is a, a Swiss coffee. Actually, it's not. It's a light gray, but it was for, you know. What's it actually called? Are so give, us the, give us the name. Uh, silver something. Mm. Silver Surfer. Silver Sizzler. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it, it's my new thumbnail wall, so that'll be nice to have. Yeah. So yeah, I did. I put out a new. Let's talk about design. Try to new style where I kind of modeled something in real time. So far, the response seems pretty positive. People seem to like it. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was you know, I just basically read the guy's email. I was like, all right, I'm gonna open up his file. I'll start messing with it and just kind of. It probably took me like a half hour or so, and then I just edited it down to like ten minutes. And, That's what I was gonna ask. Yeah, how long you it's actually cool. took. Yeah, it's cool because it's a lot easier from a production standpoint. It's kind of similar to like producing the podcast or something like that. Yeah, it's more just plug and play a little bit. Yeah, so we'll see. I might keep doing those. Um, Other than that, I'm working on a design for a dining room table. This one, it's going to be for my parents. They've, They've been wanting a dining room table for a long time. So the weird part is that they have a, what's it called? Like a banquette or whatever, like like a booth seat like you know what would be at a restaurant okay that's along one of the walls Mm -hmm. so basically on one side there's chairs and on the other side there's that long seat so people need to be able to like slide back behind it so it's not is it in a corner it's not uh, kind of it's on a wall and then there's like a big sliding glass window that or door that's on one side so in order to get 
into like the center of that side, it can't have legs at the corner. So oh, that limits the design quite a bit. Yeah. So it has to be kind of like trestle style a little bit, yeah. which is like totally opposed to every natural thing that I want to do when I'm designing a, a dining table. So I've probably already drawn out like 10 different things and I really wanted to start building it this weekend, but I don't want to rush something cause it's for my parents and right. it's going to be there forever. And you know, material for a dining room table is not cheap. So I want to make sure it's something good. So I might, if I, if I can't nail something down in the next couple of days, then I'll probably just choose a smaller project to do for this weekend. But yeah. I guess that's kind of it for me. It's all just up in the air right now. So the trestle table or the yeah. idea of it, is it still, is that still what it's going to be? Yeah. I mean, it has to have, I don't know if, I mean, a trestle is one kind, but basically it has to have the support structure be towards the center. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it can't be supported on the edges or right. on the corners. So I've got like, I don't know, probably 10 different designs or something or iterations of a design. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just like, it's okay, but it's just not good enough for me to pull the trigger on it. If it was a smaller project that wasn't as important, I'd probably be like, okay, this is good enough and just go for it. But my parents deserve better. They brought me up. <laughs> Such a good son. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So yeah, that's all I got going. Should we uh, jump into, we got a couple questions and then that'll kind of naturally take us into the topic. So. Oh, really quickly before we okay. go on to that. Every yes. time you mention questions, I got, I filled out another round of stickers today. Nice. Um, we appreciate the reviews, but we're almost out of stickers. So if you guys want a sticker, this is the last week. This so if you want one, do it now because we're running low. And you know, once we get down to just a few, I'm gonna quit doing it just because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to leave anybody hanging or anything. So once we get down to like 20 stickers left, I'm just gonna cut it off or whatever. So long story short, Thursday next week, no more mm-hmm. stickers. Uh, okay. So, so get them while the getting's good. Yep. Right. No more stickers, but you'll still get our appreciation. Also, Manufacturing though, urgency. Yes. <laughs> but with all that, we do appreciate the reviews. It's awesome that y'all are leaving good reviews as well. I figured some people would just kind of like give us a two-star review and just, I don't know. I don't know. Send I'm just glad everyone's been nice. It's all been so positive. So thanks for that. And uh, yeah, Ben, I sent one to your mom. She gave us a review <laughs> you know, for a sticker. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> You know what's funny is my mom actually wants one too. That sounds like a very. She said, "Tell her all she's got to do is send a review in." She doesn't like the podcast. Is she listening? No, just joking. Yeah, yes. Tell her, mom, send in a review. (laughs) I'm just impressed that my mom figured out how to leave a review on iTunes and not. That's that's how much she cares about you, man. She's willing to figure out. Because listen, from the podcast app, it is not convenient giving reviews. Because you got to like yeah. search the podcast. You can't just go to my podcast. It's really I weird. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll be interested when I talk to her next to figure out which platform she's listening to. Because like, yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that's a key demographic for us. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Older and, women. Oh, and guys, uh, guys listening, not you guys. Um, yeah. Some of you sent me the like a screenshot of your review but you forgot to send me your address that is crucial to me being able to send you a sticker <laughs> so but still appreciate it so yeah in the next like week or so if you've already given a review and a sticker doesn't show up next week go back to your email make sure you sent me the address in the body of the message not not like in the little footer because a few of them I didn't check. I didn't realize some people did it until I had already filled. Anyways, long story short, if you don't get a sticker, make sure you gave me your address. And if you didn't, 
just give me your address and I'll send it to you. That is all for <laughs> sticker talk. That's Chris. all. Back yes. to Chris with Here the topic. You know, it's funny. So my real quick, my, okay. my parents, they always listen every week. Mm-hmm. And m- they were telling me. So what they'll do is they listen. And then like if and there's then a they guest write on down them. And down notes about everything you did wrong. Every week. Enough, yeah. like, <laughs> enough funny business. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, no. So they then they'll like watch whoever gets interviewed. They'll go watch their channel because oh, they're yeah. interested to see who the person is. So when they watch after we started doing it and they watched mark or mike yeah uh they they said that you looked way different than they expected they expected you to be like a big burly dude <laughs> that's funny but ben was right on target for what his voice sounds like yeah. they, that's what they said <laughs> no oh okay. but i just remember them saying that you they expected you to be a big burly dude me or mark the actual mark no the you the hmm. real the real yeah. fake mark i don't i don't sound burly though do i to them I guess to them. I don't know. I don't they know. got burly ears. I don't know. Right, maybe so let's maybe get on the, the West Coast. In. All right, go yeah, for it. You yeah, got a West good. Coast burl. To yeah, you. <laughs> down like down in Oklahoma, it's like yep. toned down burl. <laughs> but anyways, go for it. <laughs> okay, so the first question comes into us from old friend of the show, Kenzo Fry. What's up? He's not a Star Wars character. Maybe <laughs> as he far is. as we I don't know, know. Yeah. it's long con. Jury's still out. <laughs> um, so let's see. He says. On Brad Rodriguez's Instagram page, I saw that one of his friends lost his finger. He was cross-cutting a thick piece of walnut riding against the fence when this happened. The piece jammed between the fence and the blade, kicked back, and pulled his hand with it. Seeing the photo was the first time that power tool safety was more than hypothetical to me. Do you guys ever get lazy with safety? What are the most important safety habits us beginner makers should develop? Ben, You guys got any good advice? Um... Yeah, I think it's more about just taking everything seriously at all times. The, yeah. we, we always get into the problem when we get too comfortable or too relaxed, and especially with repetitive processes. Mm-hmm. Like for, for, for me, I think the, there's, there's the specific safety things which are specific to each task and tools, but the, the general rules or concepts is just being present and alert whenever you hit that on switch. It's, it's interesting. We all have biases. Like I'm, I tend to be a little bit more biased to sort of like chemical things and things like that. Like I, I tend to think that like I'm going to be making stuff for a long period of time. So I tend to worry about the accumulation of carcinogenic and like nasty, toxic, uh, the inhalation of those things, yeah. which may or may not be a completely, uh, you know, completely rational fear. Like obviously there are some concerns with that, but it may be disproportionately you know, a concern for me. So what I always try to think is like every once in a while I'll do like an audit or an inventory of all the things I do and be like, well, what would be, and I, I do this with both like financial risk and physical risk. If I was just to look at it from an outside, like if I was an insurance person and I was just a, you know, with like no emotion to survey all the things I do and be like, well, what would be the most likely thing to actually hurt you or have an unpleasant thing? Um, so I think every once in a while it's good just to look at all of that and be like, what could go wrong? Um, but in general, uh, you know, I think it's, for me, the things that are most dangerous are the things I do the most often, which right. is sort of counter the counterintuitive part. Normally when I'm doing something new, like when I was cutting stone, I was like super, <laughs> it, was, it was new. So I was like, yeah. I was expecting, okay, what if like a piece of stone chips off and comes and hit, hits me? If I was cross-cutting two-by-fours, I'd probably be a little bit more lackadaisical um, right. because I'm so much more familiar. I have a lot more uh, expectations of, of and 
you know feel like a lot more comfortable predicting what's about to happen true yeah yeah i think that uh i mean that's i think it's a cliche for a reason that it seems like most accidents happen when you're doing something repetitive that isn't necessarily something dangerous and when you are doing quote unquote dangerous things you're you're paying attention so much more and i would say in all likelihood like if you if you have 100% of your focus on something you're probably not going to have an accident during those times it's going to be when you're doing the mundane thing that you've done a thousand times and your head is just somewhere else yeah and i know it probably makes it extra hard when you're making videos at the same time you're building things because now your head is already in two different spaces and now it needs to be in a third space on safety so i think that obviously the best thing that you can do and it's hard to stick to this but just making habits of doing things in a safe way so you know apparently i don't know the details other than what i just read of this accident but cross-cutting something if you can use a cross-cut sled or use a miter gauge or you know use something so that you're, you don't have a long thin piece that's in between the blade and the and the um fence with nothing to support it yeah i mean there's even been times where i've still done that and even though it's stupid you're just in a rush or whatever what i'll usually do is try to get like a long piece that i can put behind it so that i have a lot of material on the fence and hold those together isn't it, and oh i'm sorry keep going no go ahead uh, I was going to say, isn't it like a safety thing that you're not supposed to cross cut anything while the piece is touching your fence? Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to put like a stop block mm-hmm. there so that you would use that if you if you need to keep repeating things. So you have a stop block there that's before the blade. Yeah. And then you use that for your reference and then you move past the blade. So it's free. It's freely going. Um, I mean, if I had to guess what happened is maybe so, you know, picture a piece that's, I don't know, 18 inches long that's between the fence and the blade. If I was doing that, I would keep my hand, even though this is still really dangerous, I would keep my hand very far towards the fence so that it's riding along the fence so that if it did twist, it'll still pull it out of my hand and could still do some serious damage and it kicks back and hits you. Right. But at least it's not going to pull your hand into the blade. Good point. The person, maybe they had their hand more on the blade side. So when it twists, it was able to pull it in there. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, these things happen so fast. Like you think that even if you're paying attention that, oh, well, if it starts to go, I'll pull my hand away. It happens faster than you could possibly react. Like yeah. watch some things in slow motion where, where there's like close calls and you'll see the person flinch like after the piece is already past them. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's a, the other way that people get hurt is they think like checkers when they're actually playing chess where mm-hmm. it's not the first action that hurts you it's like a secondary reaction to something that hurts you right so it's not the bl- the the wood kickback it's the wood kickback that pushes your hand into the blade is the thing right because mm. he might have thought that my hand is away from the blade my hand is in the correct position and he's thinking well if the wood just hits the saw wrong and gets trapped and kicks back i'll just let go of it right but it happens so much faster that the wood can knock your hand into the blade so right. he, he was thinking like checkers, that sort of one step when it was really a, he was involved in a two step chain reaction process that ended up injuring him. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, that- first off, we're very sorry that that happened. That's a bummer to say the least. Um, we don't want to sound any like we don't want to make it sound like we're making light of it at all. But we would love no. it if we could maybe talk to you, see what actually happened. Um, so I don't know if y'all know how to find him, but we should find him and see what happened. Maybe at least yeah. get like a little voice memo from him where he explains the story for a couple minutes. Cause I'm sure it's gotta be beneficial for somebody. I yeah, mean, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. a huge safety guy. So if I can learn something, 
I'd be happy to. And if you tag us in a post, I'll 3D print you a little prosthetic <laughs> finger with a hook in it. <laughs> a little hook? <laughs> why, did, why the hook? That, that made it so much less useful, I well, feel like. Be that like, makes it cooler. He'd be like Captain Hook, but with like a little finger. Yeah, that's true. Finger hook. I mean, then again, he might have got the finger back on. If he got it on ice, I don't know. I just want to hear the story. That sounds like such an awesome story. So if we don't find you and you are listening to this podcast, reach out to us. We would love to have you uh, tell us your story. Yeah, I think the other thing to mention, too, is even though, you know, we're talking about this right now, I I hope that nobody thinks that we're like up on some high horse because (laughs) I'm always very conscious that it could happen to me at any second. It could happen to any of us at any second. I have a sawdust confessional. Speaking of that. Yes. Okay. I burned my foot the other day. Uh oh. Hot glue so, gun? Uh, well, <laughs> the drip. I was, uh, <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> so I was doing that Swedish torch project and I needed to get the, the video out sooner, but the logs weren't quite dry. So, I, you know, I had, I had put one in like uh, my friend's sort of like lumber kiln, but I had another one that I wanted to dry out to, as a backup. And so I was like, oh, I'll just put it in my oven. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. With so, your feet? Well, so uh, it's a big log, so it's like I had to take the <laughs> take the the oven rack out, but I had like already preheated the oven, so I just like leaned the rack, the oven rack, uh, up against like the 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 stove, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. I had pulled it out with like gloves on while the oven rack was really hot, and then I put the log in, shut the stove, and the rattling from shutting the stove caused the rack, the hot oh, rack that was no. leaning over it to fall over and just like burn <laughs> like and i was still like kind of holding the log so i didn't want to drop the log mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just like the hot rack was just like searing in foot for like three seconds got the grill mark on the foot <laughs> <laughs> I have, yeah i had a nice sear uh, so what do you uh what do you cook a log at what do you preheat to uh, I was doing 250 because I didn't want it to okay. catch on fire. So right. Yeah. I, okay. So here's the safety part. I had the fire extinguisher ready, <laughs> but I was barefoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but really, like, yeah. you can't expect, like, anything to really go wrong other than it setting on fire. Again, it was it was thinking like checkers. It was thinking of, like, oh, yeah. the log could catch on fire, so I have that ready. It wasn't thinking, like, oh, I set this hot metal thing in a precarious position. Yeah. But... Also, it wasn't something that could have killed me. It was something that could cause me a week's worth of discomfort when I put on socks. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Chris, you know what? Go. One more thing that I'll say is just for one more piece of advice, and that's something that's probably hard for all of us, and that's to listen to advice when you get it. So I know sometimes your natural reaction when, when people give you advice is to be like, ah, forget them. I, I know what I'm doing. So I actually had somebody write in the other day and, and they were telling me that I put my saw blade too high when I cut wood. And I've heard different things on either side of how high the blade should be, you know, like how high above the wood it should come. And so I was like, well, I'll research it one more time. And I looked into it. And most of what I found was in line with what that person told me, which is basically that, you know, about... Oh, go ahead. To the valley of the of the teeth, right? Yeah, it's ba- yeah the gullet or whatever that part's called. So it's basically having like one whole saw tooth or a little bit more than that above above the blade. Is there is there? I mean, obviously, it's so you can't get <clears throat> caught by it sticking too high. But is there like an actual functional reason? Does it cut better that way? I don't know that it cuts better. Yeah. If if anything, people sometimes make the other argument that the higher it is, the better it cuts because it can clear dust like, easier or something. Or that it, it's moving through less material. There, there's less mm. contact of teeth with material at one time. Yep. So, But from a safety point of view, I think that 
I mean, there might still be people on either side, but the bulk of what I read was in line with that lower is better. And so now I'm, you know, trying to make a conscious effort to do that. There so. you go. Shout out to whoever's teaching Chris. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. <laughs> All right. So the next one comes in from Cam Perry. And first he sent a thank you to, to you guys because this was the one who wrote in a couple weeks ago with the talking about the Ryobi like weird miter slots or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he says he's a, he's got that all figured out. Thanks to you guys. Sweet. Yeah. I read that email. Um, so he out. says, I just started building things and I started by building some outdoor furniture for my parents' new patio. One of the pieces being Ben's picnic table that he gave away at the home Depot event. Chris mentioned during the two by four challenge discussion that using the typical two by four you can get at home Depot can be difficult to work with because they warp and may kill some people's confidence when starting out. That being said, what type of wood would you recommend to someone just starting out to use to build somewhat nice indoor furniture, like a dining room table, but is also fairly expensive. So I'm not worth, Oh yeah. No, no, no. Expensive. No, (laughs) but it's also fairly inexpensive. So I'm not worried the whole time about messing up cuts on a $100 piece of wood. So basically what gives you the best bang for your buck? Not, and this kind of, Oh, go for it. You're going to know better than any of of us. You're, you're like the go-to guy here for cheap shit. Yeah. Yeah. Gold. (laughs) gold. (laughs) A few things. Um, Well, this kind of goes into the topic, I think, right? Yeah. So, okay. Obviously, it depends on your aesthetic and what you're sort of interested into. But I, I like plywood as an experimental sort of cheap thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because whatever you do, if you can figure out how to make it out of plywood, you could later figure out, you know, using a biscuit joiner or some sort of way to panelize hardwood, you could make a hardwood version of it. But if you're experimenting and you're not sure if you're and you're asking questions like that, then obviously you're still in the experimental phase. So I like plywood. You know, 30 to 50 bucks, you can get a sheet of it. If you really want to go fancy, you can get like Baltic birch plywood, which where the edges are really nice. Yep. Um, and it always, if you get good at it and you develop a design that you really like, you can always have the option to edge band it, which will make it appear like hardwood. The other thing I think that is sort of underutilized is to look at um, sort of like clearance sale types of like hardwood flooring. So oh, yeah, okay. Sometimes at uh, Home Depot, I'll see like uh, solid oak flooring, and it's like $3 a square foot or something like pretty $350 a square foot. And uh, especially if you can see like white oak, which I think aesthetically is I like more than red oak. So sometimes I'll pick up, if I see something like that, I'll, <clears throat> I'll pick that up because at $3 a square foot, that's like a pretty reasonable price for like a hardwood. And because it's sort of tongue and grooved, you can sort of panelize it to make a tabletop, and then you can just use your table saw to trim some edge pieces out of it yeah. to, to sort of edge it. So you might do hardwood flooring on top of a half-inch plywood substrate, and all of a sudden you have a you know one and a quarter inch thick tabletop that looks like it's made out of oak slats, and it's like pretty solid and stuff like that. So get creative. Look to look to where you see an aesthetic. At a reasonable that you like at a reasonable price, and then just be creative and work your way around how to make that work for you. I like it. Yeah. Now, Chris, you're like the guy yes. for you're the hardwood guy. Yeah, That's Mr. what they call me. Fancy it. hardwood. <laughs> so let so let's hear like what what's Mr. accessible when it comes to that. I know poplar. Okay. I know poplar is yeah, a go to. But poplar's kind of a softer wood. That's so what I was gonna say. But it's not really like a real hardwood. It still acts a lot. Yeah. In terms of so go go for it. I'm gonna quit talking. Okay. Here. 
So I know, okay, so just here's just some cheap woods to use for projects that are inside. So I normally, you know, we like to be a little bit more philosophical in the way we talk, but this, I'm just going to give you list a list of a couple woods. So you can get things, I, this is, and obviously it's going to vary depending on where you live, but things like poplar, ash, alder, birch, maple. Maple's actually not that expensive not. when you compare Mm-mm. it to a lot of other things. And so here's the things that I would think about with this question. So there's kind of three things that you need to satisfy. One, you need to be able to buy enough material to be able to build whatever you want. Yeah. Two, it needs to be a species that's suitable for that piece. So, you know, for a dining tabletop, you're probably not going to want poplar because, you know, it's going to get all dented up while you're using it. Um, and then three, you need to like it. So you want it to be something that you actually like the look of yeah. so that you're going to be happy with the finished piece. piece. Yeah, and find a, so, find a board that you can clear coat for it to be the color you want. That's a, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Like that's always something just to think about. If you can find a wood that is just the right tone out of the box, it's going to it's going to look better than standing well. So So, okay, so here's a question for you guys. So you you hear this a lot where and he said it where he's worried about ruining a $100 piece of wood by making a mistake. How often have you guys been working on a project where you mess something up and you wasted a huge chunk of material? Uh I don't think I, like, I probably haven't. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Mm-hmm. It's it's very rare that you're going to make a mistake that's so bad that you're just going to have to throw out a bunch of material. You know, you might have to change up your game plan a little bit and be like, okay, well, this is going to be an inch shorter than I had originally intended. Yeah, that's a good point. Or, you know, you messed up one leg and you have to make four legs. So even if you have these bad mistakes, you're not wasting hundreds of dollars. You're probably, you know, if you looked at the the amount of material that you've actually wasted, it's probably a couple bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that's a mindset. If you're flexible, if, if you're really locked in, right. And this is why I don't like personally, like following like really specific woodworking plans is because if you make one mistake, you feel like you're wrong and <laughs> yeah. you automatically have like a negative mindset from there. Whereas if you're kind of just designing it as you're going, it's like, Oh, I cut this wrong. Well, okay. Now design's going to change a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And the, the, those differences of sort of mindset can be whether it's sort of encouraging or discouraging when you do something that you didn't mean to do, uh, I think are, are big motivations because, again, it's not like there's a shortage of, of options for going and buying furniture. We're doing this partially because we like it or because <laughs> we want to create something that's unique to our situation. Yeah. So, if you know, it's uh, and this is actually a good segue into our sort of our, our, our topic about value and, and what things are worth. But yeah, so it's, you know, if you don't think of it as mistakes, thinking uh, as occasionally unexpected outcomes that you sort of roll with and adapt your design to. Whereas if you're looking at it like, hey, I'm painting by numbers, then anytime you go outside the lines, you think of it as a failure. Yeah, that's true. Good talk. So speaking of <laughs> topics, I thought it'd be interesting because... We, we do get a lot of questions about what things cost and things like that. And to me, what things cost isn't as interesting as how do we go about valuing different things and deciding where we're going to put our, our resources, both time and money. So, right. for example, you know, uh, I had a few really great questions where people are saying, hey, in your like TED Talks or your lectures, you talk about how important it is to do accessible and affordable design. But lately I've seen you... Uh, you know, spending a lot of money that more than usual on materials. He's like, one week you'll go from 
a, you know, a, a plywood table that can be made for 45 bucks. And then all of a sudden we see you buying a giant, a steel beam that's like over a couple hundred dollars. And then, you know, this was before he saw the, the sort of bluestone thing. But, you know, I spent a couple hundred bucks on, on bluestone right. to make two benches. And they're great. They're great questions and great observations. And the way I sort of had rationalized it with the, the bluestone is that, well, outdoor furniture is more expensive normally than indoor furniture because it absorbs a lot more wear and tear. It has to be right. made more substantially. Yeah. And what I was thinking is like, I've seen so anytime I've looked at property that was sort of like run down and like a cheap deal for like flipping a house or something like that. There's always this like ratty outdoor furniture. that's just like <laughs> decayed and mildewed and gross. And so whenever I do like outdoor furniture, I always think like, man, I really want to do something that's, that could last forever. And I was like, well, yeah. stone or concrete is, is the option. You know, even metal is eventually going to decay and rust away into nothing. Right. So, for me, I look at it, well, yeah, $160 worth of stone for a bench is a lot. But it's not a lot for a bench that will last forever. And that's, you know, what like a solid stone bench will do. It's like a tombstone. <laughs> you know, this is like something you could put in a garden that will literally last hundreds and hundreds of years. Unless yeah, I think the... The point is that you can't look at expenses in a vacuum and say $40 is cheap and $190 is expensive. It's what are you getting for that $40 and what are you getting for that $190? Exactly. And then from my particular business model, the way I look at it, it's also the value of differentiation, both with the steel beam and with the bluestone. Me spending money on that piece of material and both of those designs, the material is doing most of the work. I'm just doing very minimal cutting to it and a little bit of finishing and it's just done. So, mm -hmm. and the, the, the value outcome to me is that I'm getting visually distinct projects because those materials are less common than woodworking. I'm getting projects that create thumbnails that get a lot of people to click on them because they look different. Yeah, right. And so for me, it's, it's money really well spent because I'm reducing my amount of time. I'm learning a new material and new techniques and I'm getting like a visually distinct outcome. So it's like mm -hmm. it's like a whole bunch of wins strung together. That being said, I totally get what he's saying and it's completely valid. Um, so I would say it's like, you also have to sort of set aside budget for research and development, which is sort of a non-linear expense things. And that's why, you know, I, I try to do the projects like the, the tables and the sofas where I kind of have very predictable outcomes for them. I'm using plywood, which is a material I know really well. I'm designing it to be really material efficient use of the plywood. But every once in a while, you got to add to your repertoire so you're just not repeating and grinding the same thing out over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And research is more expensive than repetition. Yeah. Um, but you still don't want to do it by, hey, I'm going to go buy some gold and <laughs> start smelting. And, <laughs> you know, Make myself like something really fancy. No, you, you still want to set the parameters so that your experimentation today, which may be a little bit over your typical budget, will lead to discoveries that could be repeated at a appropriate cost. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, something to think about. Okay, so there's kind of two different roads. There's the experimenting road when it probably makes sense to use cheaper materials. But when you get to the point of like, okay, now I'm going to build something that I want to be nice and that I want to keep forever or give to somebody to keep forever. 
And my background is making custom furniture for people. So from that point of view, the cost of the material is really almost inconsequential. Like I really don't even think about it. I just think about what material do I want or what material do they want? And then what's the price difference? So to give an example, take something like the Bad Larry, which is probably the most expensive piece that I've built on the channel. I would say total material, hardware, everything for that project, you know, like 350, 400 bucks, somewhere in that neighborhood. So what's the cheapest that you could possibly do it for? Obviously oh, zero, okay. I guess, is technically the cheapest. That would be if you, I don't know, found all the wood in a dumpster or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the cheapest you're going to buy material for and make it is 100 is bucks. Is it one or so two sheets of plywood? Two sheets of plywood, some hardwood for the base and for the front, some drawer slides. Yeah. So like 100, yeah. 150 bucks, yeah. And that's yeah, not expensive. the cheapest. No. No, and so out of walnut, 400 bucks. So call it a, a $300 difference. Yeah. By far, the most important thing that I'm putting into that is my time. You know, if I'm putting 30 hours into building that, I don't want to spend 30 of my hours and save $150 in material for something that I'm not going to like that's going to last forever. And I always think about things in like, okay, how much is this costing me per year or per use? Not just for furniture, but for like anything that I buy to try to, I don't know, kind of rationalize spending more money on things sometimes. Mm -hmm. When you maybe if you break it down to smaller increments like that, yeah, okay, I'd be happy to pay five more dollars a year over the course of the next 20 years to have something that I love the look of every day compared to something that I'm not that fond of. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of the way that I always think about it and how I why I would always say when you're building nice things, like don't even worry about the cost of material unless you just can't afford it and you're just beginning then obviously, you know, make compromises. I think that's a good point where you said when you're just beginning, because a lot of the first things you build, and that's maybe not everybody, but at least for me, the first things I build, I knew they weren't going to be forever pieces or pieces that I'd be having around 10 years from now. So that is Mm -hmm. where material cost does really come in because I guess, like I said, you know, it's not going to be around forever, but you still want it to look good. So it's trying to find the balance there. Right. And I think that's where plywood is really great because it does give you a hardwood look, especially if you get just some decent maple plywood, whether it's from Home Depot or an actual supplier. It's it's cheap, mm-hmm. looks great, and just has a good visual uh, aesthetic. So, yeah. Another weird thing, though, is have y'all looked at the price of reclaimed wood lately? No. It's no. stupid expensive. Like, if you buy it from yeah. a person that's actually doing it commercially, like going out and like reclaiming lumber... In my area, it is just oh, yeah. dumb. Uh, so something that's super <laughs> popular is the cargo flooring out of rail cars. It's got like a ton of really cool character because it's got a bunch of gouges where stuff's been sliding around on the floor and all that. And you can get a really cool look, especially if you kind of skip planet just enough to bring out some fresh wood, but keep a lot of the scratches in there. But if you get a, they're about twelve. They're they're like uh, three inches thick, twelve inches wide and eight feet long and there's people on and this is just like the standard rate on craigslist because there's more than one people person selling them like one of those is like 200 bucks yeah and it's like it's basically a three by 12 a reclaimed three by 12 uh because yeah go ahead ben yeah i I think the the thing to focus on is not cost but value right and how do you approach all these things is how do i use my time to both learn something have an enjoyable experience, and then add value to what I'm working on. Right. So if you're, be- and how that segues in and agrees with what Mike was saying is that if you're a beginner, 
your chances of adding value to a really expensive slab is lower, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, you know, you know, you want to pick accordingly to those sort of expectations. The other thing is to look at the whole picture. So when I was doing custom architecture for people, there were so many clients that would think like, well, what if we change this design so it saves material here? And I was like, well, if you look at the whole budget for construction, material is actually less than the labor. The labor is actually more. Mm -hmm. So in like a developing country, you would design to, uh, to be efficient for materials exorbitant with labor. Yeah. You would mm -hmm. you would want to design so that you're you know using every piece of wood to its fullest extent. In a developed country where labor is more expensive than materials, sometimes the extra time that it would take to salvage waste isn't worth the time to do it. That, hey, I hate saying that from sort of an environmental standpoint and factoring in, but those that's the big picture thing that you want to be aware of. I w again, I would just say that the focus should be on value, not cost. Mm -hmm. The other thing to think about is how long are you going to have this thing, right? Designing something so for longevity is a great way to justify putting more expense into the materials. Right. Nobody is going to ever throw away Chris's pieces. <laughs> I <Right>? hope not. <laughs> because they're too expensive. <laughs> but, and, and that's the thing, right? Like if you, you know, I've been to a few antique stores lately. And what's awesome is that you see there's pieces that people have cared about for a hundred years because it's clear that they have value. Right. That's not going to happen with IKEA furniture that's made out of particle board with a laminate pressed on top of it. Mm -hmm. It's just not. That's true. It could happen with some like mid-century modern plywood furniture, but the solid stuff is where it's really it's really going to happen. It's also I, it's one of the reasons why I like ideas where you know you might mix and match things. Right. You might when you're get, getting started out, invest in a pair of hairpin legs. You know, you spend 120 bucks for a really nice set of hairpin legs that you can make a dining table at. And when you're just getting started, you might make that dining table out of plywood. But a couple of years from now, when that's sort of worn out and you've developed better skills, you might say, you know what? I'm ready to figure out how to sort of biscuit join a bunch of slabs of hardwood that I got. Yeah. And I'm ready to invest into that and, and, and redo the top and maybe use that plywood for shelving or something else. Um, that's true, yeah, because so, you can always, that's a good point, you can always reuse the material you used on your first project, or like the first iteration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, ver you know, spending money on things that are versatile, that may be overpriced for the first application, but you might get two or three applications of them down the line, yeah. is a way to sort of, off, you know, it's a way to add value to a, what might be a high cost at the beginning. That's true. You know, you guys just gave me a good idea. So... I've talked about it before, but the first thing that I ever designed and built when I was taking the woodworking class was a coffee table. And I told you about how I ended up breaking the base of it. Oh, yeah. It was bad joinery. And then I wanted to test it. So I jumped <laughs> on it and, and I broke it apart. Well, I still have the top of it and the top is fine. It's sitting in, in a bedroom under a bed right now. It's cherry. Mm -hmm. It's like a two by four foot piece of cherry with like a bevel on the underside. It's, you know, nothing wrong with cool. it. Uh, the underside's a little little gnarled but you know you won't be able to see yeah. that so maybe i'll do that i'm That's looking cool. for a project maybe i'll rebuild the base for that coffee table and then you know repurpose that top basically or you know get to start using it That's again. smart. yeah i like it that's a cool video idea oh real quick it's my turn to crowdsource yeah. 
If any of you guys Do know it. a cool hookup around Oklahoma City, whether it's a person that sells reclaimed lumber or maybe you're a guy that's got a stash, hit me up. I'm, I'm in the market. Uh, a couple weeks ago, oh gosh, it was really like a month or two ago. Time flies. When I built the desk, my most recent desk, I used some legs from tablelegs.com. And after mm-hmm. I made it, I didn't contact them or anything, but I actually had fans that kept linking my video to them and they emailed oh, me cool. a little while back saying hey we had a bunch of people emailing us your video and they really liked it and they wanted to you know talk about sponsoring a video so long story short um i'm gonna build a really cool farmhouse table with a thick reclaimed top uh they nice. got you know they got all kinds of crazy turned legs so i'm not gonna pass that opportunity because i can't turn legs so long story short Thanks to the listeners and the people that watch my videos and anybody that talked Table Legs into sponsoring me. Shout out to all of you. I appreciate it. I'm not going to lie. That started off sounding like you were going to ask for drugs <laughs> from the audience. <laughs> anybody got the hookup? Yeah, if anyone's got the hookup. In Oklahoma. For reclaimed wood. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Catch my drift. Yeah. Uh, should we hop into a... A hypothetical? I don't think we did one last week. No, we didn't. But it was it was a show full of questions. So, That's right. but yeah, let's get a real deal hypothetical. So, this is gonna be a real real deal. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hop away from the kind of like maker woodworking themed okay. hypotheticals, and I'm just going I'm going into the world of food. That was a paradox. I just wanted to bring that up. This is gonna be the realest hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So here it is. Let's say that you could choose any food. Mm. And it has no effect mm. on you, either positive or negative. So you don't gain any nutrients from it. You don't get any calories or fat from it. Any food, what do you choose? And then I will give you the correct answer after. Okay, I'm going to have to think about it. Um, ben, go for it. It's funny. These, these hypotheticals, like, uh, I, they're, they're interesting. But I, I'm so not into that sort of imaginary world like i like i like the real world like i like i like the consequences right like if i don't think if if i just like destroy like some ridiculous dessert Mm -hmm. i don't think i would enjoy as much thinking if it had no consequences favor it and really favor it and really appreciate it okay that's a good point right it's like i i i like the consequences i like the stakes right it's like oh steak there it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's why it's why like people like sports more when they have money riding on the outcome yeah yeah that's true even if it's a chance of them losing mm-hmm. if you can't get diabetes where's the fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah no I, I i like having that balance of knowing that like it's it's deciding right it's it's deciding that i'm going to eat this thing strictly for its taste and it's sort of you know uh it's flavorful aesthetic mm-hmm. and that's why i'm doing that what i hate is when it's a weird compromise that gets you no value like what where it's like like applebee's applebee's will never sponsor us right, right? it's like it's like this it's like those <laughs> things in out the for middle sizzler. <laughs> it's those yeah. things in the middle that i just don't want uh-huh. i don't want that thing that's kind of okay but also not good for you yeah that's like great. it's no, fried, I'm, but it still isn't amazing. I'm gonna, right, Dude, if we ever have a meetup, we have to have it at all. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's going to be so perfect. <laughs> it's like, if I'm going to eat something that's not good for you, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do the half ass thing. That's true. And there's plenty of healthy things that are that are great. I, I like eating steak. I like eating 
meat and vegetables and, and stuff like that. So uh, I, I don't think there's anything that I would want to be completely consequence free. Uh, you know, I, I, I like, you know, when, it, when, when I played sports and did stuff like that, I liked ones that had some, you know, sort of violent... <laughs> outcome to them a little bit give me that raw chicken <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's well, there's steaks involved you're you're you pay just a little more attention down in it, raw it eggs like in the morning kick, <laughs> well, kicking people around in the afternoon and washing it down it with way. a cold steak if someone said <laughs> if someone said hey you gotta go see this movie it's really really good and you're like oh okay well what's it about and they're like okay it's this guy and he goes out and he has like a really great time and everything goes well and then he does the same thing tomorrow and it's great and then it's over. Oh, like, Groundhog Day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, like, any, but that's any, the truth about it. Over time, there's no tension. There's no up yeah. and down. And yeah. as much as we hate sort of hardship and pain and all those things, like we, we you know, I'm not clearly not the first person to say this cliche ass cheesy shit but you know you need the one to set the the barometers for measuring the other um i think measuring a barometer probably not, not the right words but uh you get the point get right the you, you need the reference points you need this um and i you don't want to just be someone that just consumes for the sheer enjoyment of it you want to be someone that enjoys the uh the sort of experimentation of what you can do as a unique individual like to me that's the most satisfying parts in my life haven't been as a consumer they've been as a someone that's doing something um yeah because then when you're done you're not just full and feel stupid you feel like no i i'm i'm slowly discovering where i fit into this world and how i can contribute so i would say yeah like the hypothetical, but like, sorry, Reject, so, rejecting right, the premise. So, well, if I if I understand what you're saying, then pizza. <laughs> yeah, basically, okay. pizza. Dope. Pizza, got it. Pizza is dope. All right. So, as you guys may remember from a few weeks ago, your boy is killing the personal weight loss challenge. Yeah, 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 I'm down, yeah. I'm down like I'm down like 20 pounds. I was nice. I was at 218, which is the highest I had ever been. I noticed that my belt buckle. Had I had to take it to another notch, and I'm like, listen, this is and too in Oklahoma, much. those belt buckles are big, right? Boy, I'll tell you what, they're <laughs> big. <No. laughs> so I was like, you know what? I've never been into being healthy. Just like sports and being a hooligan in general in my youth just kept me in decent shape. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the more I've been just like working and being being an adult is one of those things where it's like, dang, there are consequences. I'm not just like burning off everything I'm eating. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I miss pasta so much. I just want fettuccine Alfredo and I've been so strong. I haven't had it. And my grandma makes the best fettuccine Alfredo in the world. And she's asked me like once or twice if I want some, and I'm like, yes, but I can't, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's cool. I was, I was like 218. I'm down to 190. Damn. So I don't, I guess How that's like 30 pounds. Uh, six one. Okay, so you're, so I'm I'm getting reasonable. down to like where I'm about to be. Yeah, I'm I, my goal was one eighty five, so I'm I'm sitting there pretty pretty decent. And uh, anyways, long story short, pasta is sweet, and I want some, and I'm gonna get some here soon. I'm gonna start reintroducing carbs, getting off of this ketogenic like real strict ketogenic diet, and uh, just be healthier in general. 
and I'll throw in some pasta occasionally because it's Makes good. Sense. Well, you know, yeah. it's also it's like you set set goals, like set certain either weight or sort of health or, or, or yeah. fitness goals, and then you know, then you indulge when you make progress. Exactly, and it's like moderation with everything, really. But it's just like instead of eating only pasta, have a little bit of pasta with some chicken. Like have a chicken breast with a little pasta <laughs> on the side instead of with a big ass chicken. plate of pasta with a little bit of chicken on top. You know. But but, but to my point is, don't waste your carbs on like fucking. But I want pasta, man. No, no. no. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, like have your have your grandma's oh, grandma best is, fettuccine oh, Alfredo. Well, master's ever, right? a nun on that. Don't <laughs> don't, don't go like, to Applebee's. screw around with some Applebee's fettuccine. <laughs> Right, like oh. if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. go bad, like make it go count, real bad. right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's the same way. If you're gonna do something from a business standpoint that's risky, don't do it for a minimal upside. Do it only for a big upside. Yeah, right. If there's a chance you could lose money on a project, then it better be for a, a sizable gain, uh, not just you know to to to, to double your money. It should be like 10x the money if you're gonna actually take the risk of losing something. Right. Yeah. Don't hire a Mormon prostitute. <laughs> I don't get the. I'm not getting it. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, you know, they're probably not going to be as uh, fun. Right. Oh. <laughs> Clearly, you've never spent time in Utah. No. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Law spent a week there. Anyways, one night. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris. the correct answer was cereal. Cereal that's what I would choose. Dope cereal. Too. I love cereal. cereal. I could eat cereal dope. any time of the day, so that's yes. why I would choose cereal. What kind of oh, cereal? Oh, it's a perfect meal. Oh, you get all cereals. Oh, yeah. It's just cereal, <laughs> bowls of cereal and milk have no yeah. consequences anymore Top in my world. Top three cereals, go. Woo! <laughs> Man, now you're putting me on the spot. I'll give now, you my, say, I'll give, you okay. my give, give us your top one. What's your favorite? All, right. all three my, of you. Or all two of you. I'm counting My myself. favorite one is actually this one that's by nature's path and it's i, I don't even remember what it's called but it's basically one of dude i love fibrous like cereals <laughs> i love a good fibrous hey, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite i call it poop cereal meal. oatmeal and brain mm. have you no, ever had oatmeal squares those things are delicious it's really um, crunch. Yeah, those tear up the roof really of your like mouth Applebee's. though oh i know but it's worth it oh it's worth it so there's your consequence <laughs> see you can still have consequences yeah that's the consequence as a kid i really liked honeycomb Ooh, we never had it, good but it was like it was like the rare unicorn yeah. cereal that was like my mom never bought it because it's too expensive it was all sugar and but like, I had fun. it once at my friend's house and I was like holy shit this is awesome <laughs> I'm gonna go for my healthy-ish one I'm gonna say Raisin Bran Double Crunch mm. believe that's what it's called Yeah. and then yeah. for my more kid kind of cereals I'll go Lucky Charms uh, oh come uh-uh. on they're delicious get that marshmallow nonsense out yeah, of here I've never, I've never, never liked that yeah. No. Well, you You're guys on your own there. Wrong. All right. And then <laughs> Cap- it's a Captain Crunch, but it's Oops All Berries. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that stuff is so good. Yeah. Wait, you so don't like Lucky Charms, but you like Oops All Berries. Yeah. No, no, oh, I like me? them both. Oh, oh yeah. The, oh, the berries are oh. where it's at. They don't they don't cut your mouth as much. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, any version of Captain Crunch is good. You know, you know what's weird though as a kid though you really pay attention to those things like whether or not it cuts your mouth or like I remember like as a as a kid I was such like an attentive consumer to like how fizzy certain sodas were. Like I liked root beer because it felt like it wasn't quite as fizzy as yeah. That's why I Coke liked Mountain Pepsi, Dew when I was right? little. It was like a little flatter. 
Yeah, you don't it, like it, flat. You could, really, you could really pull it down. Well, it, it, I think it's just funny as like as it, you develop those sort of to preferences as kids when you're like yeah. you like hyper observant on super things. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just lock in on that. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. That was I a good hypothetical. A, we got some really inspirational and like prophetic things from men, and yeah. then we like derailed, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Cool announcement coming up Saturday. We're not doing a one-on-one interview. We are doing the two two by four wrap up and review. Shout out Bob Claggett. Um, What we are doing (laughs) is a video. It's not going to be anything crazy when it comes to production. the The gist of it is it's going to be really hard to explain what we're talking about without you being able to see it. So instead of posting the podcast, we will post a little reminder. It'll just be a minute or two long. Who knows? Maybe we'll crack a couple jokes. But the whole idea of it is we're going to have you go to the new Modern Maker Podcast YouTube channel. That way you can see our bright, smiling faces. You can see what we're talking about. Uh, and yeah, it'll just be a lot foot. of fun. And it'll just give us what you say. <laughs> you see his burned foot. Yeah. For Oh, that's it. That's the only if you subscribe to the new <laughs> YouTube channel can you see the burnt foot. But anyways, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to record it r- real quick. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be banter. It's going to be quick, witty, off the cuff. And we're just going to be talking about the really awesome designs that everyone submitted, which, yeah. again, if you go to Instagram, search 2x4challenge, two, two that, that hashtag. There's going to be almost 300 some, like, pretty, posts. Yeah, there's some yep. really impressive impressive projects all made yeah. from 2 They would be impressive without the challenge. They would just yeah. stand alone are awesome. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, go check out the that video when it's up you can't do it yet but yeah that's on, on saturday's on saturday's podcast there'll be more information with yeah, and yeah follow sorry. us on instagram too is another way to make sure you don't miss anything at modern maker podcast yep. thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed this one this one was a lot of fun for me to record i enjoyed it a lot so hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to it let us know some cool topic suggestions shoot us a voice memo if you've got a cool story about cutting any limbs off and we will See you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.